Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. There's a high fly ball from KMOX Sports. That's it deep to left field, and it's a gutter. Big fly, Nolan Arenado. There's a moment for you. Welcome to the Meyer Jensen Sports on a Sunday morning. In the driving jam time. The Billikens win this one. Meyer Jensen, a personal injury law firm, because sometimes the gloves have to come off. MeyerJensen.com. Comeback pattern caught. Touchdown, Kansas City. Now, sports on a Sunday morning on America's Sports Voice, KMOX. There's absolutely no way the United States should be losing basketball games in the Olympics. This is ridiculous. Come on now. This is this is uh, the United States, for goodness sakes. They just lost to France. Yeah. How did that happen? <laughs> I'll tell you. I'll tell you, Brian. Evan Fournier's three-pointer with just under a minute left. France, that put them ahead to stay, and they won the game by 7, 83-76 over the Americans in the opening game for both teams at the Tokyo Olympics. How significant is that? The United States had won 25 consecutive Olympic games. Their last loss was at the Athens Games 17 years ago. They settled for a bronze there, if you recall, Mm -hmm. and there was a lot of unrest, uh, you know, just among basketball fans, like, what the heck is going on here? And they kind of got their act together and then rattled off 25 straight. Meanwhile, they've just lost to France. I I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. And it didn't take the officials giving the other team three inbounds plays like it did back in 1972. Oh, so, Ugh. yeah. Uh, the, by the way, the U.S. got off to a really cold start in the Olympics, hadn't meddled in anything. And it was the longest drought for them since 72. Mm-hmm. And then they picked one up in swimming last night or this morning, however you want to look at it. They cracked the medal stand with Chase Kalish. He is a protege of Michael Phelps, trained with him, and uh, touched first in 4 minutes, 9.42 seconds in the 400-meter IM, finishing ahead of his teammate Jay Litherland. So that snapped the medal drought, a gold medal for Kalish. Meanwhile, the women's gymnastics team didn't get off to a great start. They finished behind Russia in qualifying. Now, they'll start from scratch when they actually go head-to-head this point forward. Simone Biles was the best overall, but not as good as she normally is. Had a couple of mistakes here and there, and uh, it's just, you know, all of this is a little surprising to me. But then again, the Olympics are just different. I'm not making excuses for anybody, of course, but they have COVID protocol. They're, you never know who's going to be in and who's going to be out. Bryson DeChambeau tested positive yeah. for COVID. John Rahm tested positive for COVID again. So again. can't compete for Spain. I'm a, didn't he just test positive like a month ago? Yeah, about a month ago. A little over that. Yeah. Who did Bryson DeChambeau blame? 
<laughs> Good one. <laughs> Brooks, no. Uh, and uh, so that's what's going on at the Olympics. Well, there's a lot more than that. I mean, uh, you How know, about the Tunisian swimmer last Katie night? Katie Ledecky, of course, is just an absolute superstar, top qualifier in the 400-meter freestyle. She's somebody that I'll be watching. Lily King of Indiana University, oh. uh, the defending 100 breaststroke champion advanced to the semifinals. So there's some good stuff going on. There's a lot going on. And I, I do enjoy the Olympics. I know that it's different, but I think it is, you know, I agree with actually um, what was said earlier today uh, that it, it is a testament to these athletes. It was, it was Pope Francis who said it. Where's the quote? Uh, he said, in this period of pandemic, these games are a sign of hope, a sign of universal brotherhood and of a healthy competitive spirit offered his blessings to the organizers, athletes, and all those who are collaborating for this great celebration of sport. That's right. I mean, Mm -hmm. this is a a testament to those who have, it's not just right now, it's the four years leading up to this. And of the last two, they've had to deal with training during a pandemic. I think it says a lot about these uh, great men and women. Now the win last night by the Tunisian swimmer. That was amazing. Yeah, absolutely. That's why these games are so great. You had a guy who finished, who qualified eighth, He's in the outside lane. His country, I think he was the second swimmer from Tunisia to ever make it into the gold medal race, and he wins, and, it, and he was so excited. I mean, that, that was, that was to me, so far, the highlight of, of the Olympics. we got a lot of surprises that are going to happen, though. I mean, Ash Barty is the best tennis player in the world on the women's side and lost. Mm-hmm. Lost to the 48th-ranked player in the Olympics. Spaniard Sarah Soribes Tormo, 6-4-6-3, lost in straight sets. Wow. In the first round of the women's tennis tournament. So, again, you know, these things happen in the Olympics, but the the basketball team surprised me. I thought they, after losing to Nigeria, that they would come out in the Olympics and say, okay, we're going to put our foot down here. This is the U.S. we're talking about. They just lost to France. How many wake-up calls do you need? I I don't know. Two, at least. Uh, We'll ask Mike Schilt what he's doing to get the Cardinals going because they've lost back-to-back games. Cardinals manager is going to be with us in just about three minutes. I wanted to ask you, though, about the Blues. I was very happy to see the Pavel Butchnevich Butchnevich. trade. And I think the Blues definitely got the better hand on this. Just my two cents. Blay, Mm -hmm. I love. I love Blay. Sammy blasting people against the boards, big, strong mm-hmm. forward, love them. And yep. they had to give up a second-round pick in 22 to get Butchnevich. But, folks, you got a good player, good person. Rangers fans love him, rave about him, and actually thought that he might be uh, able to fetch Jack Eichel for them. That is not the case. That is not the case. And one of the good signs is I saw somebody who tweeted that their friend is a Rangers fan, and he is really mad. <laughs> so if the Rangers fans are really mad, then we're really happy. They're mad about everything. Though. Well, that's I was true. Just, I was just in New York. They're all they're all upset. <laughs> Yankees fans are upset. They just think their team, although they won yesterday in dramatic fashion against the Red Sox, they're all upset. Cardinals fans uh, can feel that pain. I always root for a Cardinals-Yankees World Series every year, and uh, the odds of that happening are very, very slim. But as Mike Schilt will probably tell us here in this hour when we talk to him, that are the Cardinals still in this race? According to the Cardinals, oh, yeah, we are in this race. You might find that hard to believe because they're a game under five hundred and nine games out, but they've seen the schedule. They know their team. They know who's coming back quite possibly very soon. It's going to get interesting, I think. And I know that there's a lot of negativity right now about this club. 
but we'll see. I think you know, they're still in it. They have a, a ways to go still. Uh, they can still make the climb, but they better get going pretty soon. You got to pick it up. I mean, they got a string. They got to get hot, yeah. get a streak going, and get it going now. Johan Oviedo against Sonny Gray at 12.10. Joe Pott at 11.15. Mike Schilt in just about a minute or so on Sports on a Sunday Morning on KMOX. Time to get the inside scoop on the Cardinals 2021 season with Redbirds manager Mike Schilt. Welcome to the Mike Schilt Show, sponsored by Bath Fitter. It just fits your life, your style, your schedule. On your voice of the Cardinals, KMOX. It is the Mike Schilt Show. The Cardinals manager is with us on this Sunday morning. Mike, good morning. How are you? I'm doing well, Tom. How about yourself? I'm doing well. How did my man Kevin Wheeler do in his first first ever sports on a Sunday morning, he told me, before he uh, embarked on that? He was great. It was good. Missed you, but um, you know, he filled in admirably. Oh, good. Well, he is the man. Uh, Kevin Wheeler, our host of Sports Open Line, Monday through Friday here on KMOX. We have a good crew there. Joe Pott will have the pregame this morning at 11.15. And first pitch at 12.10 for Sonny Gray against Johan Oviedo. You have a chance to salvage a game in this series. And I'm a big fan of Johan. I know that you are, too. And it's uh, today sounds like a good day to get that first major league win. It really does. You know, we're excited to have him go out there and compete today and need to support him uh, defensively and offensively to get that first W. In his last start, uh, I thought that he pitched really well. And I just love his attitude, don't you? There's something about him that's hard to describe that uh, you're a scout. I mean, you were were a a scout in this organization. You've had just every position just about in this organization. And uh, you watched... The numbers, of course, but you also watched people, and, and Oviedo sounds like the kind of pitcher you'd go after. Yeah, I mean, first of all, passes the, you know, from a scouting verbiage, passes the proverbial eye test, a uh, big, strong kid, um, definitely looks the part, has the stuff to match it. Um, you know, competitive spirits there, learning how to compete, you know, to be able to be consistent, but, you know, all the tangibles are there, all the stuff's there, just a matter of putting it all together. It is. The yesterday starter fits a lot of those. Uh, Jake Woodford, um, he had a lot of runners on base against him, but uh, just overall in his five innings, how would you evaluate Woodford and what he did for you? Uh, well, you know, he navigated five innings, pitched in and out of traffic. Um, you know, really, um, you know, Winker got him on a looked at a day. Mad Dog Mike Maddox, our pitching coach, looked at it. Uh, you know, kudos to Winker, put a good swing on a, t- on a good pitch. Um for a two-run double, and, you know, Votto would pop up out of this little ballpark to the left. And um, otherwise, I thought he threw well. You know, slider wasn't quite as good as it was the last time out against Chicago, but fastball was good and got some balls on the ground. And, again, left there, uh, you know, after five, giving up three. So, kept us in a competitive game. Uh, you lost the game 5-3, and in doing so, this will be the first time that you haven't uh, – the first time that you'll lose a series since July 4th. I mean, overall, this has been – a month where you've been able to kind of fight your way uh, and try to keep your team in contention. How would you evaluate this month overall, Mike? I mean, since that loss to the Rockies uh, in that series on the fourth, uh, a lot of good baseball has taken place this month. We've done we've done a lot of things well. Um, we've just played, like I said, just a lot of good baseball. Um, outside of a half inning over there at home against Chicago, there really hasn't been anything. Um, that's been too bad, you know. I mean, we've 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 swung the bats way better, um, as you know, as good as we need. Still needs to continue to improve, but offensively a better month. Defensively, has been outstanding, and the pitching settled in. So we've had a 
had a very competitive month. Um, been able to right the ship a little bit uh, based on a lot of the, the um, moving parts with our roster and, and they played, you know, pretty clean baseball. Yeah, it's been uh, an up and down month, but as you mentioned, and as as I talked about, you were able to win series, or in the case of that game uh, in Chicago that got rained out where Wayno was going to pitch, you had a chance to win another series at Wrigley, but you beat the Giants twice, so I want to start there. I mean, they're still the best team in baseball, Mike, and you were able to beat them two out of three on two different occasions, in San Francisco and at home after the break. Uh, just overall, how did you do that, do you think? Uh, you know, it's like, there's no secrets to this thing. I mean, we went over to San Francisco and, um, we've actually played a good series in Colorado. You know, they just had some timely hits that we couldn't overcome and we couldn't get ours. Um, other side of that in San Francisco, timely hits played well. Um, same thing. We came out of the all-star break, you know, we lost the first one to them, um, played really well for the next two. And then the Chicago series, I thought we were in control of the whole series, um, you know, just played really well. Um, won a couple of one-run games. Gave one up that hurt, obviously, but and beat ourselves, which you know always hurts worse. But um, you know, just did the things that you know winning teams do that we've done in the past that we've done more recently this month. We did at the beginning of the season. We just you know starting pitching was good, gave us a chance. Defense was outstanding. Ran the bases effectively and and we're able to take more consistent bats. You did win three out of four against the Cubs. You dominated game one, eight to three. That second game got away from you in the ninth inning, and then to come back and win two straight tells you something about that clubhouse, doesn't it? Oh, for sure. I mean, you know, listen, uh, I said it after the game that, you know, that didn't go well, and we tend to dwell on, uh, which I don't, but people do, tend to dwell on the, um, not to excuse it, you know, that it happened. It was an ugly loss for sure, but, I knew we'd come out tough, and we did. Came out the next day, won a one-run game. Came out the next day, won another one-run game, and fought, scratched, called for what we had to get. You know, Yachty with the big wall golf hit, and um, you know, some really good pitching to win the two-to-one game the last day of the series. And you know, we've come over here and played clean, um, actually cleaner than they have, and just haven't been able to. Um, you know, we got one, got the lead, and you know, the bullpen, you know. Got hit a little bit and and um, didn't make a double play ball, um, you know, in a tie game that, that ended up hurting us. But um, you know, just haven't been on the on the good side of it over here yet. Right. I heard Ricky Horton say on the broadcast yesterday that he ran into Edmundo Sosa, and Sosa said, "You know what? I should have caught that." Um, and that's the kind of player that you want uh, in a situation mm-hmm. like that. The the guy goes to Sosa play, Mike. Yeah, I mean, you know, listen, um, get the comebacker on Barnhart. Um, probably had more time based on the runner, jammed a little bit, and, um, you know, just yanked his throw to Sosa. Um, you know, I appreciate Sosa's accountability. That's the one thing you're going to get out of this group. You're not going to get any finger pointing. Um, you're just not. Guys are going to – you ask them, hey, what uh, what do we need to do different better? Um, and oh, virtually every guy's going to say, yeah, I need to play better or I need to do this better um, or I could have made that play. And Sosa's no different. Um would have been a really nice play. Feels like he could have made it. It'd been great if he could have got the force out, but did not. And, uh, you know, Gio fished his tail off, but uh, got Stevenson on a little sack fly, and that was enough for them to be able to, to get the one run more than we had. Yep, they won it 6-5, to five, and at the end of that game, you had Adam Wainwright with a bat in his hands, and as soon as I saw that, I thought, boy, something's wrong with Yachty. And as we found out after the game, stiff neck for him. Um, I see he's not in the lineup today. How is uh, your gold glove catcher? Yeah, I mean, he's been better. Um, clearly, he's banged up if he's not in there. But, uh, you know, there's some things you can deal with a tolerance issue. But, 
you know, you can't move your neck. You can't do a whole lot in this game. Um, and his, his mobility's improved. You know, he came up on the first game here having to, you know, go down and get loose and it locked up on him in the eight. So didn't make him available um, to pinch it in the ninth. Uh, and then uh, yesterday was, was uh, improved but not available. And then today, um, hopefully more available but not able to get in there to start. Well, I hope the best for him. Everybody's kind of, not everybody, but there's a lot. This is the time of year, isn't it, where everybody's got a little something going on. And, of course, with Yachty, it has to be a lot of something. (laughs) But everybody has a little something going on, some of which uh, we may never know, Mike. No, that's right. You you know, nor should you. I mean, you know, these guys, and and in some cases, I mean, I know as much as I need to know. And, of course, the trainer tell me everything, and they're proactive, and the guys are get their treatments. But, you know, there's guys that are, you know, that are dragging or have something going on that, you know, they don't need to get medical attention for, but they're still dealing with. And that's just part of the part of the game and part of the time of the season. I see in your order today uh, with the Carlson, Goldschmidt, Arenado, one, two, three, O'Neal, DeYoung, Edmund, four, five, six, Bader, Kisner, Oviedo, uh, pretty similar to what you've been putting out there. And uh, there is, I, I think, a, a significant look to that one, two, three. I mean, that uh, the other day when I was at the game on Tuesday and saw them standing there together warming up before the first inning, there's just uh, a real threat to anybody. Sonny Gray is going to be the next pitcher to have to deal with it. But to have Carlson, Goldschmidt, and Arenado, one, two, three, is a, is a nice feel. It just feels like a matter of time, not that you haven't had breakouts here, that, that you're going to break out offensively. Yeah, I mean, listen, we've been better. I mean, I, I, you know, look, we've uh, been significantly better since the end of June. Um, you know, I look at the numbers and, you know, from that standpoint, you know, since the 24th and we pretty much declared things need to change and get better, we, we've been better. Um, Goldie's been fantastic. Dylan's been really good. Um, you know, I think we've been an improved offense. You know, breakout is, you know, we'd love to, trust me, you know, have a couple, you know, 10 run games for sure. But, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's improved, um, needs to be better, you know, consistently to get it. Um, so I'm not sure what else to add on. Yeah, no, I hear you. And, uh, that's, we've talked about this uh, throughout the year with the, the play of shortstop Paul DeYoung, you know what you have there. And there's a reason why you put him fifth in the order. He has the ability to drive in some runs. What have you seen from your shortstop here recently? And, and for that matter, the man to his, Left Tommy Edmond, the middle of your infield. Uh, you know, Paulie's better. I mean, he's you know definitely swung the bat way better. Had two hits last night, RBI single. Um, you know, he sits well in this ballpark. I like the fact that uh, you know guys that get the ball in the air in this little ballpark, um, which Paulie does, uh, and he's had a lot of success here. So that's that's part of the process with him being where he's at, and he swung the bat better. And you know, Tommy's um, steady. He's been he's been good. Um, yeah, and, and, you know, plays good defense and does his part. And the Cardinals will play against Sonny Gray today. Johan Oviedo on the mound at 12-10 start. We'll get into more of the team and uh, some other baseball things for Mike Schilt, the Cardinals manager, when we come back. This is KMOX back after this. Welcome back to the Mike Schilt Show, sponsored by Bath Fitter. It just fits your life, your style, your schedule. On your voice of the Cardinals, KMOX. Sports on a Sunday morning on KMOX. Cardinals manager Mike Schilt is with us as the Cardinals 
take on the Cincinnati Reds today. Uh, the Reds right now are looking at the Cardinals in the National League standings this way. The Cardinals uh, right now trail the Brewers by nine games in the Central. The Reds are six and a half back. Milwaukee has won back-to-back games as the Cardinals have lost back-to-back. With a record of 49-50, and 50, you know, baseball is... Uh, a lot like life. I mean, it is a uh, game after game after game, day after day after day. If you have a bad day, you got to pick yourself back up. How, how do you view a season, Mike, and how do you avoid kind of the pitfalls of emotion after, a, let's say, something we referred to in the last segment, the loss to the Cubs, the way that it is? How do you, uh, as a manager, get your not only the team but yourself picked back up? Uh, I don't know, Tom. I, you know, I, I think I view life maybe – I don't know, differently or competition differently. Um, you know, one thing I realize is that every, almost every day, I, not every day, it's hard to capture really. Mm-hmm. Um, for example, you are going to bring up the loss of the Cubs, but not bring up the three out of four that we won. So I, I just refuse to ignore the fact that, you know, I can't ignore the fact we haven't played as well as we'd like. I'm not a kumbaya, you know, optimist but i'm not going to beat myself up or this team up i'm going to because here's the thing that's the that's a job for a lot of other people to do um because if you look at it it's just interesting you you stop and um you have a you win three out of four and everybody and most people are going to just wear on the one um and if you always just have people and you know that's the way of the world to some degree that you know constantly um you know it's always never good enough, then, man, you're going to live in a dark place a lot. A lot. Um, and, and, again, I'm not alibying the fact that, you know, we'd like to be in a better spot. Uh, you know, one of the reasons for it, you know, that's that's a whole other question that, that, you know, we can talk about. But um, my point is, if you're going to, you know, if you're going to live a season of, of um, that are inherently going to have ups and downs, um you you have to appreciate occasionally when you do things right, <laughs> yeah. because that's where confidence comes from. Because uh, you know, otherwise, you know, you're going to have people that are always going to pick up. There's always going to be something in this job that somebody wants better or different or or more of. And, I, and again, I understand it. I'm not again, I'm not alibying it. So please don't misinterpret that. You're asking me what I do and how I think. Um, I have to evaluate the what's taking place, but I have to also create some positivity uh, and optimism um, because um, people won't create it otherwise sometimes. Yeah, I understand that. And uh, certainly, you know, people can say on the outside whatever they want to say, really. I mean, it's, you know, it is what it is. But on the inside, you have a message that you give to your players, and we just heard it right there. I mean, you know, three out of four against the Cubs. It's not the one. Uh, and in, on the flip side, you have, I just mentioned the standings, you have nine games trailing the Brewers, but you also have 13 games against the Brewers on the schedule. But you would tell me, probably, uh, after I say this, that you have a game today against the Reds to win. And where the division crown is at the top of a hill right now and you have a tall hill to climb, you can't win nine games in one day. Is that is that kind of sure. how you look at that also? Yeah, I'm a very present guy, man. I'm not a overreactor, underreactor. Um, you know, we we try to stay present in what we do, um, accountable. Uh, don't misinterpret. You know, there's accountability here. Um, 
I understand I have it. We have it. Um, it takes place almost virtually every day. Um, just so you know, no one's going to be harder on what we do and how we do it and want to improve than we are. Um, but, yeah, ultimately, um, we play today. We got a great opportunity to go play today, and, and uh, we got in here early after a turnaround game last night, and everybody's diligently working to figure out every possible exposable moment we can have to compete today, and staff's ready, and players are in here and getting some food in them and ready to get going to compete today, and, you know, best chance to get, you know, where we want to go is, like, every day, take care of today. All right, there are certain things that you can control, and that, again, is the preparation and the effort and, right. and the urgency and all of those things, and then see what happens out there. Uh, one thing I thought yesterday that might be a magical moment, at least I was on the edge of my seat, was Rondone. Rondone's up there. You, you had uh, the lefty-righty matchup that you liked. Uh, Doolittle's out there, and uh, it was going to be Doolittle Carpenter, we thought, and then here comes Rondone. That, that was an opportunity. I mean, it's... There's something about him, uh, why he's had some staying power for you. What is it, Mike? Why has he been able to, to hang on your roster? Well, I mean, he's, he's, he's you know, he's gotten some pinch hits. Tough, tough gig. You know, guys um, been in the league off and on for a couple of years and um, had a big two-out, two-strike uh, base hit over in Colorado um, to tie the game, which we ended up winning. Um, and then had a homer uh, the other day in a pinch hit roll against the lefty in against Chicago um, and just this, you know, he's earned the opportunity to get that spot. I mean, not an easy call. Um, you know, Carp has had success with the base load, aware of that. Um, also aware of matchups and, and Carp, you know, with the lefty and Doolittle is going to be the top of the zone. Not as good a matchup for him, better matchup for, for Rondon. So we took our shot with it and, um, you know, he worked a full count and, and uh, you know, didn't, didn't uh, get it done, but you know we we play the odds and uh, best we can do, and and uh, hopefully it works out for us more than not. Yeah, that's an example right there. You know, you have everything uh, ready to go; it just doesn't work out, and we'll see what happens today. That's why you play a game the next day. You just never know. You can get something rolling today against Sonny Gray. You got Oviedo going, and you have a defense. I mean, I don't think there's any question there. We I know we talked about the Gallegos to Sosa exchange that went awry, but you've had a lot of things that went really, really well. Um, the, there are so many. I mean, there's some great catches in this this last month. But what stands out to me was Carlson's throw the other day. Goodness gracious. I mean, on an absolute dime to Andrew Kisner. Uh, he's got a great future ahead of him, doesn't he, that Dylan Carlson? Yeah, he's got a good present, too. He's a good <laughs> player. Um, he does have a nice future, and Big throw, tight ball game. They're pushing, which they, you know, you expect them to, and comes up, and you know, he just does his part. That's the thing about outfitters throwing. You know, they they tend to sometimes do too much and try to make it. He just came up, caught it under control, made a nice strong one hop throw. It's all he could do, and uh, you know, nailed the runner at the plate to to keep it tied. I like how you say he has a great present because. While he is a regular player and you know carries himself like a veteran big leaguer, sometimes you forget he's a rookie. I mean, this act technically is his rookie season, and he's got a real shot at rookie of the year. And he's the leadoff hitter for the St. Louis Cardinals. I mean, it's a lot placed on a, a young man who seems like he can handle it. Son of a baseball coach, baseball family, baseball is his life. 
Yeah, no, he's a he's a he's a gamer. He's a guy that um, you know, listen, we uh hit him fourth last year in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, out of necessity, but you know, he did a nice job for us and you know, started him out lower in the lineup this year to kind of get him going a little bit and um let some other guys carry the mail so to speak and man, he just, you know, continues to take good at bats regardless of where you put him, regardless of circumstance and um got a good eye, is able to get on and um, so, you know, it's been a good spot for him. I remember when you broke that news last year on, right here on, on the Mike Schultz show, you said, I'm going to bat Carlson fourth today. I said, oh, yeah, well, why is that? And you said, because he's the hottest hitter right now. We give it to the guy who's uh, going the hottest, and he certainly had that, as you mentioned, last year, and now he's your leadoff hitter. And you've got uh, five days to go until the trade deadline, and I know that that is not necessarily of your concern, but um, it is – a time, I guess, where the Cardinals, either the Cardinals or people outside of the Cardinals, or maybe a combination of both, try to determine uh, where this team is and what direction they go. Uh, the one thing I sense from you and sense from everybody is the Cardinals believe they're in this thing, and they are, uh, they've got a, a real shot here with a long way to go on July 25th. Is that a correct assessment as we near a deadline that John Mosellock and his uh, front office will be handling. Yeah, I mean, I look. We're. I feel like we're definitely in it. I mean, the standings favorable. No, is it? Um, have I seen a good week on our end and a bad week on the other end take place? And you'd be really close to it. Yep. Do we have 13 games with them? Absolutely. Um, do we expect to fight, scratch, and claw at every moment until uh, the season's over? For sure. Um, so I feel like there's no question in this clubhouse that guys are have their eye on that still and they're dedicated to that and I think their effort level and uh speaks to that as well um you know we'll take our best shot with it and uh you know as far as the trade deadline that's that's out of my pay grade Tom yeah it is <laughs> that's right uh, we've uh we've talked about that and and you've told me I remember in 2019 I mean the ever the whole world seemed to believe that the Cardinals must trade for a starting pitcher and you said, look, you know, whatever happens, I like my team. And you went on to win the division and went to the NLCS. Uh, that said, you do have some starting pitchers coming your way, it looks like. I mean, with fingers crossed, Jack Flaherty's going to start for Memphis. Miles Michaelis has been pitching pretty well lately. Uh, let's talk about those two, first of all. Uh, having them back would be terrific. What are you hearing about them, and, and how much attention are, are you paying to that? Uh, definitely paying attention to it. Excited about the prospect. Um, still a little ways away, but getting closer, clearly. Um, and they're in competition. Miles, 29 pitches, three innings last night. Uh, no hits, no runs, nothing across the board, no walks. So he was really efficient. Went out in the bullpen afterwards, threw 15 more to get it up closer to 45. Um, said he, you know, hopefully he recovers well today, but said he felt really good last night, felt strong. So that's really encouraging. Jack threw a bullpen yesterday and starts from Memphis on Tuesday, be around the 40 pitch mark. And uh, both those are encouraging signs. Two of the you know cornerstones of our club, and you know Jack, you know won eight games uh, early in the season, eight and one, and on his way to an All Star game and a and a Cy Young time of year. So you know he's going to be you know missed about three months, and hopefully get him back sooner than later. By the way, how about that Memphis team? They're on fire right now. They've been absolutely rolling 14 in a row. Um, you know, here's someone you could really use. And before we, we get going here, just a couple of quick things. Jordan Hicks. I mean, that's obvious. <laughs> you could you could use him. <laughs> that, yeah, Thomas. That'd be nice, wouldn't yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. How's Hicks? Uh, what are you hearing about Hicks? 
Um, uh, you know, he's he's starting to play some light catch. Um, the imaging looks, you know, positive again. Um, so, you know, he, he's just making – he's just resting. He's doing – he's working hard. He's doing everything he can to do what he can. But, um, you know, he's just just now starting to play some light catch. And um, I don't know if there's going to be enough season left for him. We'll see. But, uh, you know, he's uh, he's doing his part what he can. And then finally, we have a little time here for our Dolan Memory Care Homes Play of the Week, memorable play of the week. There were a lot of good ones to choose from. Uh, what would you pick, Mike? Yeah, a lot of good memories this past week. Um, but I would have to say the Yachty walk-off, uh, probably one of the highlights. Uh, let's hear how it sounded. This was the 10th inning on July 21st. One and two on Molina. Kimbrell's pitch. Yachty swings and he hits the ball to right field. That's hit well. It's going to get down. It's a ground rule double and a Redbird winner. The ball bounced over the wall. The Cardinals beat the Cubs 3-2 in 10 innings. And they light up the night in downtown St. Louis as Yachty is mobbed on the infield. Fun to hear that call from John Rooney, isn't it? John does a great job. What a great moment, Mike. Yeah, great moment. John's a stud and, uh, you know, Good win for us. And final thing, just what was it like to have, you could hear them too, have those fans, you're starting to see more people in the seats. You had a crowd on Saturday, that past Saturday, against the Giants of about 40-plus thousand. Just to have them on your side, what a difference. What does that make for you? Huge. I mean, it's such a wonderful ballpark. Our fans are amazing. Love them. They're just so supportive and, and uh, energetic. And I think we had a couple games in the Chicago series of over 40,000. So it was uh, – Super exciting to have him back and have that kind of atmosphere. You did, and it was rocking for that Cubs series and the Giants series, and they'll be back uh, against the Twins this weekend. In between, you're going to play two games Tuesday, Wednesday against the Cleveland Indians. Memorable play of the week sponsored by Dolan Memory Care Homes. If you have a loved one with dementia that needs a safe place to live, contact Dolan Memory Care Homes, where they have no more than 11 residents per household. Visit dolancare.com. Mike, we appreciate this very much. Have a great day against the Reds. Get some rest tomorrow and get after it against the Cleveland. Cleveland Indians. Thanks for the time. Well, do. Thanks, Tom. Appreciate it. Have a blessed day. Enjoy. You too. Appreciate you. There is Cardinals manager Mike Schilt with us on KMOX. We'll take a quick break. We'll come back with more right after this. There's a high fly ball. Welcome back to the Meyer Jensen Sports on a Sunday morning. And it's a gunner. Big fly, Nolan Arenado. Meyer Jensen, a personal injury law firm because sometimes the gloves have to come off. MeyerJensen.com. And the Billikens win this one. Touchdown! Kansas City! On America's Sports Voice, KMOX. Tied at five, bottom of the seventh inning. The pitch to Aquino is hit in the air to right field. Medium depth. Carlson settles under it, makes the catch. Here's the throw to the plate. We're going to have a play at the plate. He is out at the plate. What a throw by Dylan Carlson. Right on the money. Outstanding throw from Carlson. And the Cardinals outfield defense does it again. Absolutely. Ricky Horton with a great call there on Friday night. Carlson with the throw absolutely on the money. 
to Andrew Kisner, and the Cardinals outfield really is good defensively with O'Neill in left, Bader in center, Carlson in right. You have the same outfield today. That is great. I mean, the Cardinals have found ways to get the, that done, but they've also found ways to lose these games, and they lost that game eventually 6-5 and lost the second game of the series, 5-3. They go for a win today, try to get the Reds knocked out of a sweep situation. The Reds have won six straight against the Cardinals. I mean, enough already. So that's today at 12-10. Great to catch up with Mike Schilt, and we did reference that play and much more. He is also keeping his eye on Jack Flaherty and Miles Michaelis as they get a little bit closer. Cardinals did get further away from the Brewers in the National League Central. They're now nine back in the Central as Milwaukee picked up a win. Rowdy Tellez socked his first two homers as a Brewer. Corbin Burns pitched six strong innings in a 6-2 win over the White Sox yesterday. Tyrone Taylor and Colton Wong went deep in support of Burns. They held the AL Central leaders to a run and four hits with six strikeouts. And the Cardinals are nine games behind the Brewers in the NL Central. The Reds are in second place. They are six and a half back. Pittsburgh Pirates continue to play way over their heads. They uh, clobbered, I mean clobbered the best team in baseball, the Giants, 10-2. to Gregory Polanco drove in three runs. He hit a home run, scored twice. Kevin Newman matched his career high with four hits, including a two-run single. He gave Pittsburgh a 6-1 lead in the fifth inning. Let's see the Pirates do that against the NL Central teams, please. Uh, so that uh, the car and and not do that against the Cardinals when they play them a whole bunch more <laughs> here as the season <laughs> continues. Cardinals and Reds today. Cards day off tomorrow. Indians back to back on Tuesday and Wednesday. Joe Pot has pregame coming up in just about 15, 20 minutes. Thanks to, for listening. I'm Tom Ackerman. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.